threshold for like bullshit with men is just, I don't have one anymore. of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. I hope everyone's having a solid summer. I've been busy here at the AGM headquarters brainstorming some new stuff for the website. If you haven't seen yet, there's a new weekly feature for Song of the Week based on what I'm really into lately. 
I'm always trying to find the next song I'll be obsessed with, you know, the kind that you jump around on your bed dancing and singing to, or maybe the one that you kind of just stew and process to, regardless. It's always a great song, right? So I'm looking for the next one that I want to get hooked on every week. So feel free to send me your ideas. Consider it a bop swap, and you know, they may end up on the upcoming weekly Angry Girl mixtape that I'll be putting out little playlist for everybody um and all the options for music just keep coming with all the awesome podcasts that i continue to meet including this week's guest i'm joined by willow hawks of the sonder bombs modern female rock star is a standout release of 2018 and willow's delivery of intentional energetic music is exactly what i and so many others need to feel invigorated and empowered Turns out that's exactly what Willow's intention is in sharing her own experiences in music and personally. We talked about perceptions of music, working to help others to succeed, some of the characteristics of her music that is the Sonderbombs, and so much more. So without any further delay, let's hear some of the Sonderbombs and dig into the interview. going great because I'm here now talking to you so (laughs) (laughs) oh I'm so glad to hear that that's that always makes me so happy (laughs) um so you're based out of Cleveland right now right yeah awesome I've heard wonderful things about the scene over there it seems like Cleveland is one of the hot spots of the Midwest when it comes to bands popping off I mean it's like getting there yeah I definitely feel yeah I feel like there's um, definitely some kind of like electric energy <laughs> in the air in Cleveland recently. It was in the past like like 
three to four years, I feel like it's like really grown, you know? Yeah, so. definitely. Um, it seems like there's a lot of really good bands coming out of there too. Oh my gosh, so many. I definitely feel like Cleveland could be the next Philly, you know? <laughs> I could see it because, I mean, it's definitely got the right culture, it seems like, as far as like DIY goes and like, you know, it's affordable. So musicians would totally want to move there and stuff to be creative in that sense. So Cleveland's cool for that stuff for sure. Exactly. It's so strange because like it's so affordable here. Like, like touring bands like come through and I don't know, I always feel bad because like, especially when they live in like New York or Philly or something like, I know that their rent is like probably fucking crazy high. And I always feel bad because fans will like come stay at our house in Cleveland. They'll be like, how much do you pay for rent? And I'll be like, you really want me to tell you? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to suck for you to hear because it's so cheap to live in Cleveland. Oh, I believe it. Cause I mean, it's a great location because I mean, there's all kinds of business going on for people who need like, you know, regular jobs too and everything. And I feel like mm -hmm. it's so accessible for you probably when it comes to touring. Cause like, if you want to go to the Northeast, that's not difficult for you to do from Cleveland or West or Midwest, all the directions seem accessible from that point. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, um, East coast and, uh, a little bit into the Midwest is pretty accessible and even going like, you know, South, um like getting to south by wasn't terribly difficult yeah but like getting to the west coast is something because like between the midwest and the west coast there's like a lot of open space where there's just nothing yeah so that's one of those things where it would be really kind of hard to like get there unless you know unless you know you're gonna do well when you do get there Definitely. It's like but, you have to book really solid shows on the West Coast. But fortunately, there's a bunch of really great bands even out there that I'm sure over time as your band's growing, you're starting to sync up and meet a lot of people just all over. Yeah, which is really, really cool. Like it's, it's, it's such a blessing and a curse, like, like touring and being part of this like whole um, like online scene. You know what I mean? Because you can you can meet people online. Mm -hmm. and then meet them in real life at a show but then it's like you guys become friends and then you have to go back home to your city and they go back home to their city and so it's it's awesome because I get to meet people from like all over the place but then it sucks because I have all these friends that I miss all the time all across <laughs> the country <laughs> and so that can be kind of rough but you know yeah, no, I get that because it's like I meet people doing this podcast or when they come through on tour and I'm like, some people, it's just like you feel like you're on the same page, same wavelength. And it's like, oops, they live like on the other side of the country and now I miss them all right. the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's such a, I mean, still though, we have like the coolest lives ever, so we can't really complain. <laughs> That's so true. And it's like the fact that we can even say that we know these people in itself is like a gift. <laughs> I know. We're so spoiled. We should just shut up about that. We're so spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I love hearing that. And honestly, I'm so stoked to get to know you in that sense. Cause like you have such a really awesome band and all the work you've been doing with Sonderbombs, I've seen your name everywhere. So that's really awesome. And your band Thank has you. such powerful messaging to it too. That's just like, th there couldn't be a more deserving group of people in my opinion. Oh my God. Thank you. That's very very generous of you um 
That's, yeah, thank you. <laughs> of course. Well, like, I kind of want to learn a little bit about your origin story, kind of how you first got involved in music. Uh, when did you start listening to the bands that kind of started shaping you and maybe what drove you to learn how to play music? Hmm. Okay, well, so I guess, I guess growing up, I was like, I was exposed to like mostly punk and alternative like kinds of music because that's what my mom was really into. Mm-hmm. And um, when she was younger and I was like just a wee baby, she was very much into like the punk scene in Cleveland and like the hardcore scene and just like she was super integral into like that 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 scene in Cleveland like back when it first started in like the 90s and stuff um and so uh growing up it was cool because like we always had bands stay at our house and stuff um but it it was weird because it was definitely one of those things where it was like growing up around like all these like punk rock stars and stuff and growing up with like a cool like alternative mom I still never really um I don't know I guess realized as a little girl that like I could also do that you know what I mean because it was still so much like it was mainly men yeah because at that point you're just like kind of exposed to maybe literally one genre like a series of genres of course but like you're exposed to mostly one gender doing it exactly and it was weird because like looking back I was actually thinking about this today I'm just like wow like it's crazy that my mom was so involved in the scene Mm -hmm. But that when I looked at that, like, as a kid, I didn't think of it as her being involved in the scene. I thought of it as like, oh, these are just her friends and this is just what they do. But it's like, no, she was actually a pretty big part of it. And she was helping a lot of touring musicians. But for me, like, I just never thought of it like, oh, she was part of the scene. So I can be part of the scene. You know what I mean? In quotations, the scene. <laughs> well, sure, because at that um, point, she's probably one of maybe, if you're lucky, a handful of other non-men who are, like, participating in that aspect. Yeah, especially in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, totally. Like, like she was one of the only ones out there, like, being, like, an active member. Um, so, yeah, it's just crazy. Things have changed radically since then. <laughs> um but yeah, so I, I mean, I always like sang and stuff and I always really liked music, but it wasn't until, um, my 16th birthday, a friend of mine bought me a ukulele <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it wasn't until then until I started like actually trying to learn how to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got kind of a late start compared to a lot of people, <laughs> which, I don't know. It's like, I guess it's a good thing, but it's also, it makes me sad because I see so many musicians like uh, in music that I just, I admire so much. And I don't know, there's always like that bit of doubt where it's like, am I ever going to be as good as they are at playing my instrument? Because, but then, but then I have to remind myself that like, I didn't really have a ton of experience, um, you know, get like getting into it because for the first like few years that I played an instrument I didn't write any music like I was just doing covers I was just like learning on YouTube because I also never realized that I could like write my own music like it's so weird (laughs) I was exposed to so much but I also wasn't like explicitly given permission so I kind of had to like give myself that permission 
you know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Cause at that point it's like, you're probably like, you're given this instrument, which is awesome to have. And, um, mm -hmm. when you're not seeing too many people who are utilizing something like ukulele at that age, probably as like a primary instrument, like this is how I perform. It's probably a little bit harder to kind of see yourself writing songs on it or doing anything beyond the covers at that point. Cause I mean, it's slowly risen to be an instrument that I feel like, um, like punk and indie have started to really own. And, but that wasn't yeah, happening definitely. at that age for you. No, not really. I mean, like there's always, there was always never shout never, which honestly, whenever, <laughs> whenever I remember that never shout never was like a band, I like laughed really hard because like when oh, I started too. learning ukulele, like, like, okay, first off, how ridiculous is Christopher Drew and Never Shout Never? Just, like, in a hole. Second, yes. <laughs> like, little girls were listening to this, like, like, hyper, like, misogynistic, like, whiny emo boy pluck away on his fucking ukulele. And then, like, I mean, it's just such a weird uh, time for music, I guess. It really but was. It's, it's just, it really was. It's funny, though, because, like, I, every time I remember Never Shout Never the band, I'm like, oh God, I hope nobody ever compares us to Never Shout Never. I because wouldn't think so. <laughs> even, and that's the funny thing too, is like, I really, I listened to a lot of Never Shout Never when I was like a little kid, but when I actually started playing ukulele and like trying to like make music, like they were not whatsoever like an inspiration for me. Like I totally forgot about Never Shout Never. So like other than that one instance that I completely forgot about, it's like, yeah, like a lot of people weren't using ukulele in music. I mean, every now and then like a pop star would write a one like cutesy kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't know. Just like. It's like a one-off single that happens to have that like slow jam with yeah. the ukulele. Yeah, and it was just like that was that was all I had really. But like I wanted to play punk and I wanted to play like rock and I was like, "All right, well, I guess I'm just going to do it on this." <laughs> you figured out um, how to shred on your uke. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny cuz you kind of mentioned that, you know, obviously Never Shout Never, absolutely not an influence on you and your songwriting, but maybe who, who actually was? <laughs> um, trying to think. Well, I listened to Pixies a lot. That was probably my first favorite band ever. Mm -hmm. um, me and my mom used to listen to Pixies a lot. <laughs> um, Weezer. Weezer Green album actually was like the first album I ever totally fell in love with, which sounds so bizarre because nobody gives a shit about Green Album. <laughs> um, but, but like that was my favorite at the time. Now I'm Team Blue, but Blue's um, my game too. <laughs> yeah, and then you know from those like two, I guess foundation bands. Uh, I listen to like a lot of other like random pop punk bands that aren't necessarily pop punk anymore uh mm -hmm. for instance like fallout boy panic at the disco paramore like all those bands are not what they started as um well, i guess neither really is weezer weezer is pretty pop now too but yeah those i mean those are my influences growing up definitely 
Oh, yeah. I loved that era of music, the whole, like, Fueled by Ramen pop punk. Ugh. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was when Fueled by Ramen, like, ruled the world. I miss that era sometimes. <laughs> it was yeah, a simpler so time. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. But that's really great. I love that style and that sound. And I feel like, you know, that energy from that era of music, I feel like that's something that definitely permeates into the Sonder Bombs and stuff because I get that same bouncy, eclectic energy whenever I listen to, like, your record. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't say this often, but, I mean, y'all are way better than any major pop punk band that's out there right now just because there's just something unique to what you're putting into your music. You have to say that because we're podcasting right now. Oh, no, no, no. I would say this to your face. Like, like uh, oh mics off and everything. <laughs> I, I'm always doing oh with this stuff. That's for damn sure. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I don't believe you, but thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I really do. I also, I mean, I don't know, I, like, I listen to pop punk music, but like I wouldn't necessarily consider us pop punk. Yeah, I'm how would so you describe your sound? I really don't know. I mean, me and Jimmy, our guitarist, um, mm -hmm. we have this conversation all the time because we get asked this question a lot. And it's like, I literally have no idea what the fuck we are because we're not, we're not straightforward punk and we're not like pop punk. We're, we're like, you know what I mean? Like we're not like traditional like pop punk but we're not technically emo. So it's like, I don't know. We're just like in this weird in-between stage. I feel like, I feel like it depends on the song, honestly. Like I, I feel like every song is kind of different. Definitely. Cause some of uh, your songs are like slower and they're more stripped down. And some of them are like more of the upbeat loud, um, what you would associate with maybe like a traditional like pop song or like a power pop song even. So. Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on what song, but yeah, that I have no sense. idea. I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> I mean, we usually just go with uke punk because yeah. most of the time it, it piques people's interest. They're like, uke punk, what the fuck is that? And then <laughs> we're like, we well, are. why don't we show you? <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that so much. And like, you know, defining your own space, I feel like is just all the more crucial whenever, you know, you're, you're writing something that really is a malleable sound. I think that like your sound can fit into so many different rosters and lineups because it can just like blend perfectly with any other like style or genre. Thank you. I mean, that's, I mean, thank you. It's cool because we get to play with different kinds of bands. You know what I mean? Like we've played with like, like real soft, like indie bands and we've played with like punk fucking bands you know like we and we played with like hardcore bands like we we can pretty much play any show which is really fun definitely um, but was yeah genre wise I don't, I don't know what that means <laughs> yeah no I mean genre is such like a weird box to try to put bands into in 2019 it doesn't make any sense anymore I generally am just like what do you think you sound like because I feel like that makes more sense for like the artist to try to describe it than any like weird moniker that we could try to assign you. <laughs> right. So like, right. I know that you mentioned that your sound kind of varies from song to song and such. Um, I'm kind of wondering what 
what kind of what were you kind of going for when you first started the Sonder Bombs? And in fact, how did the Sonder Bombs begin? Hmm. So <laughs> the Sonder Bombs began just Jimmy and I. Mm-hmm. Um, I for a long time, which this is like it's kind of sad, but it's kind of not. Um, for a long time, like I definitely like I wanted to be in a band so bad when I was in high school and very often I was told no um most of the musicians in my schools that were like starting bands uh were all guys and of course I was like constantly comparamored so um and so many guys were like uh I well you know we don't want to be we don't want to sound like paramore so like no but okay, first off, what the fuck? They're doing great. Like I, I'm, I guarantee that Paramore has outlived like every single one of those douchey high school bros, fucking favorite emo band at the time. Like oh, they because, absolutely have, and they probably made like a hundred percent, like so much so, more money than they ever could have imagined too. Right, like it. So that's that's always kind of funny to me looking back. But um, so yeah, I mean, like I, I was just I kept getting rejected by like anybody who. I would want to actually play music with and um there were like many moments where I just kind of realized all right well I'm not I don't get to be a musician like I don't get to be in a band like I guess like if I can't actively make music in the scene and like be part of music in a creative way then I'm going to be part of music in a way where I can still be creative, but like, you know, there'll be more opportunity, hopefully for me. So I went to school for audio engineering. Oh, wow. Cause I was like, yeah. Cause I was like, well, if I can't make, if I can't make my own music, then maybe I can be involved with music in another way, you know, which looking back was so dumb because, <laughs> because uh, engineering is like just as difficult for women to get into as like just the regular old music scene. So, but I didn't know that. Um, but so but at the time that I met Jimmy, I had some songs and I didn't, I, I would, uh, I would just kind of play them alone in my room and I didn't really have any um, plan to show anybody these songs. I just wanted to record them for myself and Jimmy was going to help me with recording because I was still very new in my prop like my progress at school mm-hmm. so I didn't totally know what I was doing and he had a lot of experience recording so we met up and we jammed and he was going to help me demo my songs to share with other musicians that would potentially want to play with me like every now and then and then I think we were just jamming right one night and I was like so are we just going to be in a band together and he was like yeah I think we should just do that so, so awesome <laughs> Yeah, so it kind of fell together. It, it's cool though, because it wasn't like supposed to happen. It wasn't planned, but mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, sometimes it just works itself out whenever you meet like the right person that will support your creativity and stuff. And like what you mentioned earlier about kind of this rejection from these other guys and stuff, that just made me mad because I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? They don't even know what they passed on as far as like creative opportunity goes. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really, I mean, I'm so glad that they passed, though. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because 
that that's where it's like that's where it's a happy thing because if it had if things hadn't worked out exactly as they did then I wouldn't be where I am right now like I wouldn't be talking to you right now and so it's it kind of sucks that like rejection is the catalyst <laughs> for everything but I mean I'm still here you know despite yeah. the rejection totally so. understand that I went through that when it came to media and music media and all that so it, it, it definitely helps build your own personal creativity and drive to just deliver and like create what's meaningful to you and other people yeah. receive that yeah and besides besides my stepdad who bought me my first guitar mm -hmm. uh Jimmy was like the only other like like man I'd ever met who was just like blindly fucking supportive of me and he he pushed me to like release this music or like release our first EP and to like like make a Facebook page and like give myself like a presence you know what I mean like he he did that and so it's just it's just crazy because I can't imagine what I would be doing with my life right now if like we hadn't stuck together like in the trenches of like building this thing up you know what I mean totally and what a great friend to have made to just push you to pursue opportunities that you know you both rightfully deserve in that sense you're able to support each other and see where your music takes you and you know explore the ways that you communicate that it's, it's a very special feeling well good I'm it's, so glad to hear that yeah yeah, Jimmy's my best friend, so. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, all the positive vibes to Jimmy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's so, working a show right now. <laughs> oh, cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like he stays active then and working on things when it comes to music and the scene. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> cool. Well, um, you know, I've, I've listened to some of your earlier music, but I got to say, like, modern female rock star just, like, transformed me i feel like it's just such <laughs> songwriting and stuff and i kind of want to find out from you what was it like writing and putting together that record hmm i mean i don't know i guess i i had never like like i i never looked much into like music theory or just like even just how the operations behind making a record like go Mm -hmm. you know so there was a lot of times where I was like okay like look Jimmy I wrote this new song and then like holy shit after two years we had like like 10 12 songs and it was just like okay well we choose between them now to record them and I don't know it just I feel like it kind of just came together in a way like I mean, we knew we wanted to put more music out but like we didn't realize that we were going to be doing a record until we all sat down and we were like, okay, let's, let's do this. You know, we weren't necessarily working towards that. It was kind of something that we just landed on and we were like, oh, okay, like, let's just, let's just do it. Why not? What do we have to lose? Right. <laughs> totally. And it's great that you were able to kind of like accumulate all these really great songs and piece them together into a record that, you know, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things from so many other people who enjoy music. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the word spreads. That's for sure. The internet, like I remember when it dropped, just people sharing it and all of the positive reactions and stuff. What was it like for you to hear all of that? 
uh, it was crazy. It was really crazy. It was surreal, honestly. Because, I mean, I went from writing songs alone in my room and not showing anybody and constantly being rejected by people in the music scene to, like, having, like, kids DM me on Instagram through, like, Sonderbomb's pages and, like, tell me that our music inspires them. And that's just something that completely blew me away because I never thought that I would... I don't know, I affect anybody mm-hmm. with what I was doing. So, I mean, and that's something like we just released a song uh, in May on my, on my birthday um, called I don't have one anymore. Yeah. And it was like the same thing with that song. Like I, we released it and we released a music video with it and it was just something we wanted to do because like it was fun. We didn't have any music videos and it's like, every every release just gets I don't know it's just I don't I never believe that it's happening you know like I never I never believe that people are actually listening to our music like you know what I mean I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like a self-esteem thing or what it is but like people will be like oh like your music like they'll, they'll come up to me and they'll like compliment me on our music and I'll be like, oh, that's so cool. Like, they've probably heard, like, one song. But then it's like, I look at Spotify, and people are listening to every song of the record. It's like, where are all you people coming from? Why are you <laughs> wasting your time listening to our music? Like, there's so much better music out there. So it's just, I don't know. It doesn't feel real most of the time. Oh, I'm sure. But, like, I feel like there's so much of this record that people can latch on to. Because, like, just for me, there, there's so many things going on in this record, I feel like, with all the different types of songs that you have in there. But it felt like you were kind of – we. I, I could put it this way. In the, in the music scene, I feel like people are kind of presented with an outline of what a musician that's, like, non-male is. And you kind mm-hmm. of flipped it on its head and started coloring it in and showing that, like, there's dimension and there's a human who has real experiences and stuff that just is – some of the most like rich way of conveying that I've heard in music. So like, was that something that you were trying to do kind of show who you are rather than like the box that so many people try to place musicians into? I mean, I think that's definitely kind of like the result. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily intentional because like a lot of these songs are like off MFR are songs that I wrote like, uh like four three four years ago mm-hmm. and we only released it in October so they're they're older songs you know and um I think that I just one of like my uh, one of my main influences when I was growing up was say anything yeah and um I don't listen to them really anymore but one of the things that I always took away from Max Demons's songwriting is just how like blunt and I guess like brash he is with the things that he says. He doesn't really have a filter. And mm-hmm. that was something I always I always really liked because <laughs> I I don't know. I I labeled myself as obnoxious pretty often as a kid. And I always kinda just like said what I wanted to say regardless of the consequence or of like realizing what I was really saying. Mm-hmm. But um 
this album, I think, was like the first time I was actually being like very thoughtful with my words, yet still being blunt. Yeah. So that was my main that was my main goal. But I I realize now because you know I listen I listen to a lot of music and something that I recognize in a lot of music is especially stuff that's a lot more popular is the way that songs can be like deeply personal to the songwriter, but also be left up left to the imagination of the listener and left up to interpretation. And I think that that's something that our music doesn't necessarily have. Like I didn't really leave anything to interpretation. I kind of just like said what I said the way I said it. And that's just what it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's definitely very much me. So it, that's, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why people latched onto it though. Cause they could see your directness and your transparency through the different experiences that you've had, whether it was like in your efforts, it seems like to become the musician that you are now and like the different life experiences that you've had. Uh, I just felt like that was like extremely, it, it felt raw, but it had like the upbeat energy and stuff to make it to where that feeling was just resonant and contagious. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm very glad. Cause I mean, we wanted the album, like, like, you know, a lot of the topics are pretty serious yeah. or, um, dark I guess for lack of a better word but we still wanted it to be like a fun album like we didn't want people to just like be all doom and gloom like listening to this sad ass fucking music like we wanted people to like dance with us at shows and like bounce around and sing along so I'm glad that it came out that way you know definitely that that, that was like yeah yeah it was just great because it's like I feel like there was a bit of um there were moments that were like heavier, more serious with like more cathartic feeling songs like Pot and Kettle and Twinkle Lights. But then you're also able yeah. to kind of just like have this unleashed frustration when it comes to music with like the whole like you ain't enough and like title and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm very angry <laughs> at the world. I don't I really am. am. I I mean, <laughs> this is the perfect podcast for me because I'm a fucking angry girl. Let me tell you, <laughs> like, I'm serious. I'm so mad at yeah. the world and at, at the way it views anybody who isn't fucking white or isn't like a man or isn't cis. You know what I mean? Like it just, I'm constantly disappointed by humanity and I don't know. I feel like music's the only way for me to like unleash that frustration without just like going fucking crazy yeah it's important to be able to express that and it's like it is difficult to whether it's like in general just existing or participating in a community sometimes you feel like you're not being seen and even worse not being heard um and like I when I listen to songs like title I'm just like wow somebody fucking not only understands my experience but hears it and can voice it in a way that I want to I'm so glad that that's like that that's what you're able to like receive from that song because that song like most of it is straight up about like that that experience I told you about earlier where I was like in high school and I was just constantly being fucking rejected and like dudes that I was trying to like be in engaged in music with Mm -hmm. would tell me 
No, but you could like be our merch girl if you want. Like we'll get you into shows for free. Like fuck you. I don't want to. I don't want to be your fucking merch girl. Like I like I want to be part of this. And you're actively telling me that I'm not good enough. But I'm good enough to sling your fucking t-shirts. Like how dare you? And I know I know that there's so many other people out there that like understand what that's like because I mean it's. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> When we released the song, um, a lot of people like tweeted at us and they're like, you didn't have to go that hard. And I'm just like, shut up. Yes, I did. Because this happens daily. And then you know what? The next fucking day, somebody I was friends with on Facebook posted a status about how she kept getting rejected from being in bands because she was a woman. Yeah. So it's like, but that's and all so- the validation you need at that point. It's like, yep, it's still happening. Yeah, and I just yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm consistently frustrated and angry. Well, it's something that's like in some parts of the community it's getting better, but the fact that it's still happening enough to where it's like you still have to air out that frustration. It's just uh, Yeah, for sure. It's it's a lot and it and I feel like it's such a universal experience because of like it happens in music but like people in any kind of interest or career path, they deal with that shit all the time where it's like, hell yeah. If you want to be in tech, well, you got to deal with all the bros in the room there too. Or if you want to be an athlete or whatever. So it's like, I think that just like you pointing out the ways that like women are rejected and like being able to just kind of like scream that out is just so important. And I, I think if anything, that song is almost, it felt like almost like a call to arms to like non-men in that sense of like, you know what? Fuck you. We're going to still do it anyway. Cause we don't need you. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's definitely, I wanted, I wanted that song to be like anthemic in a sense that like, like we can all like do it together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I think that a lot of, a lot more people, especially of like, people who are marginalized within the community and stuff, it's like they're starting to find ways to support each other more and more in that sense. And it's nice because your song just rallies more people into that space. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I I just feel like a lot of, a lot of like your really upbeat songs in the record, I feel like just start to push toward that. Cause even like the whole, like the, the you ain't enough, like that, I feel like that was so much of pushing against, it seems like the pressures that you probably have of like what instruments you can play to be successful in independent music or like what kind of sound you can do or anything along those lines, like those weird barriers that people face. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's, it's such a strange thing too. Yeah. Cause it's like music is music, but there's, there's so much like, politics around like people just creating things to create things mm-hmm. like I mean it's it's such a human action you know to make stuff whether it's like music or art or uh like food like anything it's so like ingrained in us that we want to make things to express ourselves and yeah. yet it seems like it's just such a competitive, like, well, 
my expression is better than your expression and my feelings are better than your feelings and look how they are on display for everybody to fucking see like they like the way I feel better than the way that you feel and it's so like bogus like I don't like I don't know yeah it's what you're pointing (laughs) out is just like super crucial because for me I know that I am probably going against everything that every like music review website or blog or whatever has out there. But like for me, I'm like, I don't believe in negative reviews. I believe it's just not for me. So like, you know, like it's one thing if like you're doing a proper critique, but for me, I'm just like, there's no reason to fucking slam people. It's like, just because that art didn't resonate with you doesn't mean that like it doesn't with somebody else. Exactly. And that's like, that's something that I've only recently learned, you know what I mean? And like started to really try to practice that mindset in the past like year and a half two years because like especially I think um for non-men like I think we get pinned against each other oh yeah um just naturally you know what I mean like and so there there have been so many times where when I was first like when when we were first starting this band and we were first starting out that I would I would listen to another non-men's like body of work or something and I would just be like well they're good but like why are they at the point that they are like I think we're better and like I literally had to drag myself out of that mindset because like first off that's just the fucking patriarchy pinning us against each other yeah second off like that's not what music's about. It's not about who's fucking better. It's not about where, where is somebody else in their career? Like, that's not, that's not what it's for. Like, if I'm not doing this for fun and I'm not doing this to help myself and to express myself, I'm doing this to get to like the next fucking step on the ladder of like non-existent fucking heroism, then like, I'm, I'm not, I shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? That's not what it's for. Right. And so that's something that I think, like, I'm sure I'm not, like, I, I don't know. I never, like, I don't really talk to other non-men about it, you know, because you don't, you don't want to admit that you're being judgmental against your own, like, group of people. Like, you don't want to admit that because it is embarrassing. But also, I think it's probably something that's really common, you know? Like, yeah, and we're all trying to unlearn that. Yeah. And and we all feel like we have to fit into these specific boxes to like break out or sometimes even just to be like accepted by the men in the industry that mm-hmm. can still make things happen. So yep. it, it does still feel like a competition because it's like, well, if you're not doing what the people who are quote unquote successful are doing, who look successful are doing, then like, how are you going to break out of like the box that you've been put in? Like, I don't know. It's just, there's so much bullshit. It's supposed to be fun. Music's supposed to be fun. And I like that you're focusing in on the fun and also being able to kind of like share these thoughts through your music and stuff. Cause I mean, you're freaking singing it and pointing it out right now. It's like your threshold for men's bullshit is just not there anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, shout I out love to that sample, Gaga. by the way. I <laughs> love her. I love her so much. She's such a badass for that. Like, it's so cool. She really is. And like, I don't, yeah, I mean, I really, yeah, I just don't have any kind of, I don't have time to waste. 
Like I am like, I'm like grinding every fucking day because my main goal with music <laughs> is like, I want to do this forever. You know, it's really fun. But like my, my only like main goal is I just eventually want to be able to pay rent with it. Yeah. So I don't have to work like a day job, but that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like huge. I don't think I can handle that kind of pressure. So for me, in order to like get to that level where I can pay my rent with this shit, like I can't be sitting here dealing with like bullshit from like men who are going to try to tell me what to do with my life. Like, like I just, I don't have time for it. (laughs) I have other stuff I have to do. I have to pay my rent. (laughs) (laughs) I literally want to use that excuse next time. Like a dude's being shitting to me. Just be like, I'm sorry. I don't have time for this shit. I gotta go. I I need to pay my rent. (laughs) Just walk away. Like for real. Like, Oh my God. I don't labor. What? It's so much like labor for us to like exhaust on men to try to like make it work for whatever bullshit perspective they have of what we should be. Totally. A hundred percent. And like, I don't know. I I mean, they're definitely like, it's really cool because there are a lot of like men out there that like come up to me at shows like Mm -hmm. after we play and they, I mean, they don't a hundred percent get it. You know what I mean? Because they don't, they haven't lived my experience. They haven't lived any experience that isn't their own, but like they, they understand like the basic concepts that I'm trying to get across and they recognize that the system is broken. Mm -hmm. So like that does make me happy. And I don't know, I've, I've been like labeled recently as like a man hater, which is just like not true. Like, I, I don't hate men like whatsoever. All of my, all of my best friends are men. Like I, I work with men. Like if I hated men the way that a lot of men hate women, I wouldn't give them a chance. Would I? No, you just hate misogyny. Like, exactly. I hate misogyny. And unfortunately uh, a lot of times that comes from <laughs> men. Yeah. Sorry, patriarchy. If y'all would just cool it with your misogyny, maybe I wouldn't be so pissed at you. <laughs> yeah, like for real. I just, yeah. But that that is something that like kind of makes me sad. It's because like when we released our music video mm-hmm. um, for for that song, I Don't Have One Anymore. Yeah. There were so many like weird comments on the in the YouTube video, which like a lot of them were just like, I'm not into this anti-men shit or like, I'm not here for this man-hating bullshit. And I'm just like, I, I don't hate men. Like, you're reading into it what you want to read into it, but that's not at all what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I I'm always, saying, yeah. You know, yeah, like I'm saying, like, men need to, like, like, I don't, I don't hate y'all, love y'all, but also, like, you need to scoot the fuck over and let people who are actually doing something different take up some space. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, like, if anything... I've always been of the lens of like, if you're this upset and you think that this is about you, maybe it's time for you to step back and think about why you think this is about you and why you are reacting so negatively. Are you exhibiting these behaviors? Are you treating non-men like shit? Are you like not being inclusive of people of color and LGBTQI and stuff? Like, like there's a reason why you're feeling this way. It's probably because you're being a piece of shit. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think this is, you know, it's one of like the first times in human history, mm-hmm. that, like, like men across the board 
cis men across the border being like challenged. Yeah. You know, and, and masculinity wants to forgive masculinity. Like that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So it's just, uh, I don't know, but that's, that's another conversation. <laughs> like, it's yeah. It's like a, apologizing for each other for things that it's just like, it's not like, like there are some things where it's not necessarily like a gender issue. It's like somebody's being like just a really bad person, mm-hmm. but it seems like a lot of times, like if it's a man, like being a bad person and people are like, Hey, you're being a bad person. Then like tons of other men will like jump to, to rescue and say, Oh no, no, it's not like that. Like, like, I don't know. It's just, I'm just rambling at this point. Oh no, no, Men no. are disappointing. <laughs> I don't hate you, but you're all disappointing. <laughs> uh, I couldn't agree more, honestly. And like, I feel like at least with, you know, modern female rock star as a whole and what you've even put out with this new single, it's like, it's validation and it's like just this backing that we non-men need. So thank you. (laughs) I'm so glad you see it that way. That makes me so happy. Thank you. Absolutely. I know that there are so many others who feel that way too. No question. That's cool. (laughs) I know you've put out a lot with that record dropping last year and this single and stuff, but like, I'm kind of wondering, and it, it may bring up some similar thoughts in that sense, but what was something that you really wanted your listeners to get out of these songs? (sighs) <sighs> I don't know. Um, I guess, huh. I mean, I guess looking, looking back at when we were making these songs and we were recording them and we were in the process of putting them out through Take This to Heart, like, I didn't necessarily have, like, a thing that I was thinking of, like, I want people to feel this way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but when I think about it now, one of the things that I'm, that I've noticed people have taken away from it and that I'm super happy about them taking away for it, even though it wasn't necessarily intentional. is like, I don't know. We get like a lot of messages um, of people saying things like uh, your music inspired us or inspired me to like break up with like, my shitty ex-boyfriend and all this stuff. And so like, I guess that kind of like fearlessness of like drop the dead weight, like, and just do you. Cause that's something I've had to do a lot in my life is just kind of drop the dead weight of like people that aren't helping me or um, growing with me, you know, like it's, it's never fun to cut people off, but I definitely feel stronger and help happier and healthier in my choices to like remove certain people and remove certain toxic behaviors from my life. Mm-hmm. And when I see fans and like our friends doing that and they attribute it to like the music that we put out, like that's, that's something that makes me really happy. And that's something I would like people to continue to take away from our music is just, I don't know, be fearless. You, you have nothing to lose except yourself, you know, like you, you have to take those liberties for yourself and you have to do what you have to do. So I love that so Probably much. That. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like your record definitely inspires those feelings. And I'm so glad that you've received that feedback as well in that sense. Cause I mean, that probably encourages you to continue these like healthier habits and like fearless fearlessness for yourself too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, definitely. That's so awesome. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So um, you've had pretty much a busy year already, but I'm kind of wondering what else is going to be ahead for you for the rest of 2019 and into the future? Oh, just lots of touring. That sounds like fun. Yes, lots of touring. Um, it's super fun. I'm going to miss my cat, but <laughs> it'll be, it's going to be really fun because touring super fun. Um, it's, it's like a very interesting experience. Like at any given moment when you're on tour, you're like super exhausted, super excited and like super hungry, like all the time. Well, I am, <laughs> I don't know about everybody else, but, um, everybody in my band is always hungry. Like <laughs> we are like, like some bands like go like into nature when they're on tour and they like, like they like time everything out perfectly, like about like what they're going to visit, what they're going to see when they're in the city. Like, but us, like our main priority when we go anywhere, when we get to any city is like, okay, like what good food is around here? Like we're definitely all foodies. <laughs> um, but so that's definitely one of my favorite parts of tour. Cause like when I'm at home, I eat like garbage. <laughs> so when I'm on tour, I go like all out. <laughs> I love that. Well, Would if you, you come, if you come down here to St. Pete, I'm going to have to uh, give you a food tour or something, give you some good stuff. Make sure the kitchen stops. Oh, it'd be fun. Yeah. I'd be super down. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have like a favorite city that you visited so far where you were just like, the food here is awesome and so is the music? Uh, okay. Um, well, honestly, South by like all the food was so good. Oh, yeah. Austin's supposed to be great for all that. Yeah. And it was during South by too. So there's like a ton of like food trucks everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but actually on the way down to Austin, I think we are in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And we went to like this little barbecue spot. And they just give you like a plate of meat. And then you go sit down at a table. And there's just this like wheel with like a ton of different sauces on it. And you can just like spin the wheel and like pick whatever sauce you want. And it, that was probably the best food I've ever had like I've never I mean I'm from like the north like I'm from fucking Cleveland we don't have good barbecue up here so like <laughs> when I went down there and I was like we were all just sitting there in awe like whoa this is what barbecue is supposed to be like yeah that's so good yeah, yeah that's you were definitely in the right city <laughs> for it that's for sure yeah we were like actually talking about that that um instance a few like a few, maybe like a week ago, we were talking about that. We're like, oh, remember when we went to Kansas City and that barbecue? Oh, so good. So, well, so that's good. an excuse for you to go back to Kansas City. That's for sure. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I hope you get to go there again this year and get some barbecue and play some awesome shows. Yeah, that'll, that'll be the dream. We didn't get <laughs> to play a show that day, but honestly, it's probably for the best because like our stomachs were so full that <laughs> there was no way we could have like played a show with any kind of energy after that 
Oh no, I'm sure like half napping, people would have to roll you onto the stage. <laughs> yeah, for real. There was one time where we were in Pittsburgh and our one of our friends took us to uh like a taco truck. Uh-huh. Um well it wasn't it, yeah, okay, it was like a taco truck. Um and our friend was like, Yeah, like I eat here like maybe once or twice a week. It's really good. Uh, here, try this sauce. And we were like, Oh, okay. And we all put on our tacos and we're like cool this isn't like hot sauce though right we asked after we drench our tacos in it mm-hmm. and he's like oh no it's not that hot but so then we all ate it and it was of course the spiciest fucking sauce that they had that oh, we sure. accidentally drenched and then we went down to play our show in this basement a super hot basement in Pittsburgh oh, there's no. like no air conditioning no windows nothing and there's like mattresses on the walls to like muffle the sound, which is like really smart, but also like not good for if you're about to have a heat stroke. Yeah. So I remember like just trying to like jump up and down because we move around a lot and we've been yeah. to Pittsburgh. So like everybody there is like, we know what to expect. You better not be lazy. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was rough because I think I almost shit myself that day. Oh no. Yeah. That's a lot <laughs> of heat then if it's pushing you to that limit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's so wild well hopefully hopefully no crazy hot sauces in the future (laughs) hopefully not i'll have to be a lot more careful the sauce i i drench my tacos in (laughs) oh my gosh i love it so much um so one of the questions i always like to ask toward the end of the podcast interview is uh i always like to find out if you could play with any three they could be musicians or bands currently active or you can bring them back from the dead who would it be oh okay um oh fuck um (laughs) like the dead dead or just like bring the band that's split up from the dead it can be either you can resurrect somebody i mean if you want prince back you can bring prince back or you know okay (laughs) no um okay this is gonna be such a weird combination okay i would say (laughs) okay i would say uh see and I feel selfish for this first one because like I already played a show with like the lead singer like like two years ago so Mm -hmm. I'm just being stingy but I would definitely want to play with is this all one bill too like one show it can be yeah okay so this is going to be like the show of the century (laughs) and it's very mixed genre so okay so the first one would be modern baseball Ooh, yes because I love them and I am such a, a brat because I played a show with Bren it was like a it was like a solo show in Cleveland and yeah. I opened it and I had never really listened to modern baseball so then you know Bren plays and I'm like blown away of course and then I start listening to modern baseball all the time and I become super like into them and then I'm like, well, shit, that was my one fucking chance to play with somebody in modern baseball. And I didn't even really appreciate it because I didn't listen to their music and they're broken up. So that would be one. Um, also, Bren was like the sweetest, most encouraging person. Like, oh, I believe like especially at that point, like in my musical career, like a lot of the things that Bren had said to me that night were things that like kept me going for the next like year, year and a half oh, <laughs> in so my music career. Yeah, no, it was really, it was a really special night, like, especially, I don't know, I mean, fame is, like, a weird thing, like, Mm -hmm. they are technically, like, famous, but, like, 
Brent is still like a very down to earth person. Oh, one thousand percent. Yeah. So it was cool because like somebody who had, uh, I guess like, like touched so many people's hearts with their music, like was saying really nice validating things to me. And that just felt really good because I'm like, wow, like Brent Lukens from modern baseball, like thinks I'm good. Like maybe I'm actually a little good. (laughs) So that kind of like that thought just kind of kept me going for like a while. Um, still does sometimes but okay so so modern baseball and then the second one would be amy winehouse Ooh. (laughs) and then yeah i know because also i just want her to be alive again in general (laughs) um and then probably fleetwood mac Ooh, i love this yeah yeah it's gonna be a weird it's gonna be a weird gig I would I would be there in a heartbeat though is the thing. This is an awesome lineup. Yeah, well you'd get side stage, obviously. Oh my gosh, you are hooking me up. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I always ask that question because it's like I always am excited to see what opportunities end up coming up for different artists and stuff and like you know, whether it's that particular lineup. I mean, unfortunately we can't bring back Amy Winehouse, but um, technology, but, um, you know, I'm always by the opportunities that I see bands end up on and stuff. So this is the, this is my vibe to you that you get really awesome opportunities with the Sonder bombs or whatever music that you pursue in your career because you deserve it. And I'm going to send all my witchy powers toward you to get some really awesome, awesome gigs. Thank you so much. Oh, you deserve it. I am always floored by people who are on this podcast or like, you know, I catch them either at a really great time or like, you know, they, they're in the stages of being at that really awesome time. And then next thing you know, it's like, bam, they're headlining or something. I'm like, hell yeah, you deserve that. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be crazy, but I don't, I don't think, unfortunately the bands that I picked, I don't think we'll probably ever play a show with, but who the fuck knows? Maybe modern baseball will have a reunion. Yeah, (laughs) or you end up on, like, a Slaughter Beach Dog show kind of thing, or you never know. True. Oh, my God, they're really good, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would do anything for a MOBA reunion. I would would sell organs. (laughs) Yeah, same. Maybe that's all we have to do. (laughs) Offer organs. If you're listening listening to this podcast and you want to donate one of your organs (laughs) to the MOBA Relief Fund... (laughs) Contact the email below in the description. I don't know. <laughs> this could get really like freaky and disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for putting you in this position. <laughs> I, I just hope I don't end up with like kidneys shipped to my house or anything. <laughs> okay, that'd be kind of cool though. It would be, but I'd be like, get this to the hospital. There are people who actually need this shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that is. Otherwise, I'm going to be like, I don't know what to do with this. My dog's going to eat it. (laughs) I can't handle it. (laughs) Oh, my God. My dog's going to eat it. (laughs) (laughs) So many dramas with that. Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so scary. Could you, like, imagine walking into, like, into, like, your kitchen and seeing your dog eat, like, the liver that was just, like, delivered to your house? 
I would not be surprised if my lab did that, honestly, because like she she's eaten just like a mango straight up off the counter. So I'm pretty sure there's no limits with this one. She would probably oh, go God. for liver because that's like, oh, yeah, that's that's meaty. I guess I'm going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I've never heard of a dog eating a mango. Wow. Yeah, my, my lab's a little weird. <laughs> she's a sweetheart, though. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, it's been so awesome talking to you, Willow, and getting to know you. This has been a blast. Yeah, this has been so fun. We should do it again sometime. Absolutely. You are always welcome back. Um, where can everybody keep up with you and the Sonderbombs on the internet? Oh, on Twitter and Instagram at Sonder underscore bombs. And then Facebook is just the Sonderbombs. And then, you know, we're on Spotify and Apple Music and Google Play and Amazon. We're on, we're every, we're everywhere. You can Google us. Um, <laughs> we're very big and important. So you could just Google. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it works though. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, no, but you actually can Google us. Yay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Everybody go Google the Sonderbombs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for joining. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. This, this has been great. <laughs> I don't wanna be your merch girl. I wanna be your goddamn idol. Twice as hard for the same motherfucking title, but I
you just heard the Sonderbombs. Thank you so much to Willow for joining this week and to James Cassar for making it happen. The Sonderbombs are the band to watch, so be sure to follow them on social media and wherever you get your music because they're only getting sharper. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and so much more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. For more news, thoughts, feels, or just all of the podcast episodes, please visit angrygirlmusic.com. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry. And stay true to yourself.
I just can't be 